starting in verse 21. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 21. The word of God reads. It says, you have heard that the ancients were told you shall not commit murder. And whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. And whoever says to his brother, you good for nothing, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. And whoever says you fool shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. Therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go first be reconciled to your brother. And then come, somebody say then come, and then come and present your offering let's pray father we just thank you today lord we come to you in the name of jesus the name above all names and lord i just pray god that you be with us as we just look at your word today illuminate your word by the holy spirit we thank you for this time of worship we thank you lord for this time to gather together lord and what you're doing in the kingdom in our lives in our families God, you are a God of restoration. You are a God of reconciliation. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that you've given us the ministry of reconciliation. And so, Father, as we just dig in today, God, we ask you, God, just to guide us and lead us and direct us, God. Be a light to our feet and a lamp to our path through your word, God. We thank you for your precious blood that was shed upon the cross of Calvary that washes away our sins as far as the east is from the west. Father, you are faithful, God. Forgive us for all of our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would, give the Lord a hand. Praise, amen. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I want to talk to you this morning a little bit about mending relationships, amen. And if you notice... uh, the vision for this church is to reach, to teach, to mend, and to send. Amen? That's the vision of our church. And so I want to kind of talk a little bit today about mending, amen, or to mend, or to reconcile, amen, when it comes to our relationships. You know, today also is Communion Sunday, and after, towards the end of the service, we're going to take of communion in the Lord's Supper, amen? But the Bible says that it's crucial that we take of this in the proper manner, amen? That we take of this properly, and so I want us to look at some of this today. I want to look at mending relationships prior to us taking of the Lord's Supper. And the Lord's Supper or communion is a time of healing, amen, but it's also a time of unifying the body of Christ. You know, one thing about it back then in the church of Corinth in the time of the Corinthians is they were all coming and, amen, eating separately and not sharing, amen, and and not unified as a body. Those that were wealthy, amen, would have what they had, and they weren't sharing it with others, and they weren't unifying with others, amen. And so, uh, you know, it was a time of that was taking place. And, And so when we look at the Lord's Supper, it's a time of unifying, and it's a type of healing, amen, the body of Christ. And one thing that we come to realize is that from time to time, 
amen, we need to refocus on unifying and we need to refocus, amen, on uh, healing when it comes to the relationships within the house of God. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. And so I want to talk about that just a little bit this morning, amen, because when we're talking about relationships, relationships with God and others are a key here in this life. In fact, they're a key to the point to where they even define who we are. You know, we find who we are, we find our identity by who we are in Christ, in our relationship with Christ, in us being right with God, in being the righteousness of God. Amen. That defines who we are today. We are a child of God. We're a born-again believer, washed in the blood of Jesus, with the identity of Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen? And so when we're talking about relationships, amen, relationships define who we are. And if we actually want to walk in alignment with the kingdom of God, we've got to discover God's will for our relationship. Because one thing about it, saints, is that God created us for him, amen, we were created for him, by him, through him, amen, and we were created for him, but we were also created for each other, can I get an amen, that's why when we look in the book of Hebrews, it talks about don't forsake the assembling of the brethren, don't forsake the coming together, amen, don't forsake that because it's crucial because you need each other, amen, just like you need me. Now I've shared before and I've shared again, it's crucial that we have a vertical relationship in line so that we can go horizontal, amen. But sometimes if our horizontal relationships aren't right, then it can begin to affect our vertical. Can I get an amen? And so God created us for him and he created, amen, each for other, Amen. And this is one reason why people are trying to find a place to belong. People want to be in a place where they can belong, amen. And people come, people who come to this church, amen, have found a place where they belong, amen. It's, it's known as a home church. This is a, your home. This is your church family, Amen. We're amongst the brethren. We're amongst the brothers and sisters. Amen. This is our spiritual family. There's a little bit of an echo. This is our spiritual family. Amen. Either there's something in the system or the demons are playing right now. There you go. We rebuke those demons. But this is our church family. I tell them this is more than just a, a congregation. This is more than just uh, people that gather together just to, amen, because we like to hear Savannah and the worship team sing, amen. But this is a church family. Are y'all with me today? And I believe that you're here because this is your home, amen. You found a place where you belong. You found a place where you're not the only person that's crazy. Hello, for Jesus. You're not the only one that's peculiar. Hello, somebody. Amen. Yeah, you're in the right place. Amen. God is good. Amen. But people who go to other churches... They found a place where they belong to. They found a home church, amen. Even if they are the chosen frozen, that's where they feel like they belong. God is good, amen. But there's a couple of problems that are seen in the church, and one is that some people 
don't like to associate with others. And two, if they do associate with others, sometimes the association is not a healthy one. See, I want you to realize this today when we're talking about relationships, amen. Relationships are built on love and they're built on trust. And it's going to take the love of God in order to build our relationships. You know, it's like a marriage. If you don't have trust in a marriage, you don't have much. Can I get an amen? And so relationships are built on love and they're built on trust. And the church atmosphere should be an atmosphere where people are able to relate to one another in an honest way. And there's some relationships in the church where people have things in common or have the same interests. And there's some relationships where people just like one another's company and fellowship. Amen. And there's some relationships that are unhealthy for the body where division and dissension and distrust is developed. And that's the reason for healthy and unhealthy relationships is because of the different types of people and personalities in the church. The church or the body of Christ, the family of God is a place where we should be helping people, number one, begin to build new relationships. We should be helping them build new relationships. Number two, we should be helping them restore old relationships Number three, we should renew neglected relationships. Hello, somebody. And number four, we should commit to cultivating authentic, real relationships. Somebody say authentic. Authentic. Somebody say real. Real. I don't know about you, but I'm tired, amen, of of having, you know, a bunch of phony, fake stuff in my life. That's one reason why I gave up the world. Hello, somebody. Amen. I don't need fake people in my life. Now, I understand realistically, amen, that we can't love one another and we can't even treat one another properly without, amen, the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's just not possible. We're too self-centered. Amen. But through God, amen, We can begin to build these new relationships. We can begin to restore these old ones. And we can begin to renew neglected ones. Amen. Are y'all with me today? Is everybody in here committed to cultivating, amen, authentic relationships? Well, then we're on the right page. Amen. Amen. We'll leave the fake to the devil, amen, in the world. You know, he's the professional fake one. You know, he tries to take everything that God has produced, including the anointing of God, amen, and he tries to begin to make a phony version of it. Are y'all with me today? Somebody say God is good. But when we're talking about the church, the church should be a place where it is establishing and creating an atmosphere. Somebody say an atmosphere. Atmosphere. Where love, trust, acceptance, and connecting with people flows naturally. This should be flowing naturally. And the reason why I bring this to your attention today, saints, is because God wants to do some big things. And God wants to impact amen a great people through the gospel of jesus christ and through the church of victory life can i get an amen Amen. but how can the church be an example to unsaved families if it is also a dysfunctional family now let me share that with you when i came to christ heather and i's life and our family was very dysfunctional in every aspect. I'm here to tell you. Amen. It was dysfunctional. But we needed to be able to come to a place, not where people were perfect, but where the church, amen, was a 
safe haven where it was a place where we could see an example Amen. Of what, amen, a functional, properly functional family looks like. Because people already come in, amen, dysfunctional. And if they see a church family, amen, that is dysfunctional too, then it's real tough for us to be an example and help these people become, amen, everything that they need to. Can I get an amen? That's why they come into the house of God and they get turned off. And they say, how can these people help me? They're just as dysfunctional as I am. Can I get an amen? amen. Do y'all see the importance today? This is a hospital. This is a place where people can come and get healed. Amen. Get equipped. Hello, get saved and all these things, amen. But we've got to be an example for them to see. Can I get an amen? amen? And if we as a family, amen, as a church family are dysfunctional, then the people that are coming in here, amen, off the streets don't stand a chance. Somebody say, we got to get it together. You know, I preached last week a little bit talking about straighten up. I was preaching about the lady that was bent over for 18 years, just staring at the dirt. The demons had her all bent over, tore up from the floor up. And she got a touch from Jesus. Jesus laid hands on her and boom, she straightened up. Somebody say God is good. But we've got to get it together. We've got to straighten it up. Not only for ourselves, not only for God, but for the other people that are going to come into the house of God that need to be able to walk into an example. Amen. Of what it means to operate in a healthy manner. According to the word of God. You know, Jesus taught that relationships come first before ministry, before gifts and before talents. Amen. They become come before all this. And so I want us to look at our scripture. Amen. But real quick, as we're going forward, let's look at verse 23 and verse 24 for just a moment. He says, therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your offering there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your offering. Amen. See, when it comes to relationships during our lifetime, we're going to have enough opportunities to practice reconciling with our brothers and our sisters. Amen. You're not going to run out of chances. Amen. For learning how to make peace with those around you. You're going to get plenty of opportunity. Somebody say I'm excited. Now when it comes to reconciling. Amen. Relationships or mending relationships. It's not always easy. Sometimes it can be scary. Hello. Sometimes it can be humbling. Amen. And sometimes it can take, amen, somebody stepping up and being the bigger, amen, one in the situation. Or should I say the better? My wife is my better half. Hello? Unless she's in the flesh. She's not pleasing to God in the flesh, and she's not pleasing to me in the flesh. Amen. <laughs> and it's vice versa. <laughs> it's a two-way street. Can I get an amen? amen. But if we're going to be everything God wants us to be and do everything God wants us to do, amen, we've got to be people that are working on repairing relationships. Relationships. 
Not just throwing them away, but repairing them. In other words, we should be building bridges that connect relationships, not walls that keep people out of our lives. And sometimes it seems easier just to build some walls and keep all those problems, all those challenges, all those things that need some reconciling, that need some repairing. We just build this wall, amen, and keep them all out. You know how I know? Because I, I get that way sometimes. Sometimes I wish I had a wall, amen, the size of the wall of China. Sometimes I think Trump and his wall idea is the best idea there is, amen. He can build me one right up around my property. Are y'all with me today? He says, guard my heart. I'm going to guard it. Amen. All right. But I'm here to tell you that <laughs> that's not always the answer. Can I get an amen? amen? We've got to build bridges, not walls. Amen. And as believers, we are to forgive even our enemies. Amen. Or forgive our friends or anyone who has sinned against us and ask Forgiveness of those who we have sinned against. Will you put Proverbs 18 and 19? See, our responsibility is to build relationships. And if they get damaged, we need to know how to repair them and restore them to perfect health. Somebody say perfect health. Now, this is not easy. He says here in Proverbs 18 and 19... A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. And contentions are like the bars of a citadel. Are y'all with me today? And one of the first steps in the Christian life should be towards is first reconciling with those we have anything against. You know, you may have experienced that reconciliation can be hard work, but it is usually still possible. Amen. Are y'all with me today? But many people will put off reconciliation in order to avoid confrontation in hopes that the problem will disappear. Well, I'm here to tell you right now that it's not going to disappear. I know they say that time heals all wounds. Amen. But sometimes time in itself isn't going to, amen, fix the problem. Sometimes you're going to have to make that step, amen. You're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. You're going to have to humble yourself, amen. And you're going to have to begin to make that, amen, step out on faith, amen. Hello, somebody. Even if it's fearful, even if it's hard, even if it hurts, even if it means you're eating humble pie, amen. Even if it means that you, amen, have to begin to, oh, come on, somebody. They're not going to disappear, amen. All relationships, whether they're with immediate family or close friends or co-workers or acquaintances or brothers and sisters in the church, they need routine maintenance. They're like a car. They need routine maintenance. And if you don't maintenance them, they're going to fall apart on you. The wheels will fall off. The hubcaps will be gone. The transmission will be tore up and the motor will be shot. Are y'all with me today? Kind of like our vehicles in the ministry. But some of us want to ride it till the wheels fall off, until the motor blows up, until the transmission falls out the bottom. I'm just saying... Who cares if it's stuck in second gear and we're at 5,500 RPMs? Man, let's just gun it. And that's the way we do with our relationships sometimes. It's going to take routine maintenance. We're human beings. 
We got feelings and emotions and opinions. Amen. And we hurt people and we get hurt. Are y'all with me today? But it's crucial. It's crucial not only for us in our relationship with God. Amen. In our relationship with one another, but it's also crucial for the next man that's coming through the doors. That needs that healing. That needs that example. Are y'all with me today? Some, the Bible says you've got to think as others is more important than yourself. Hello? How can the next man make it? Amen? Am I an avenue that shows him how to make it or am I a stumbling block? 1 John 4 and 20. But you need routine maintenance and occasional repair in order to function well. Let's look at this. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Are y'all with me today? If you've got some ill feelings, if you've got some hatred, if you've got any of that in your heart, you need to ask God to, amen, to cleanse you of all that. If you, can't, if you hate your brother, amen, you can't even love your brother who you can't see. How are you going to love God who you can't see? Somebody say God is good. In other words, a person can't hope or expect to be right with God if he's not right with his brother. Plain and simple. If you have people that you're not right with, you're not right with God. I got something that almost like an instant forgiver. Not only that, but I got an instant forgetter. I forget a lot of stuff. If you did something real bad to me years ago and, and, and you know, you're wondering, is that guy going to remember that and hold it against me? I, I don't even remember, so don't worry about it. You know how I know? Because they were telling me about some issues that happened. Amen. And they were like, this, this, and that. And I was like, oh, my God, I forgot all about that. And y'all don't, you know. And I was right in the middle of it. God is good, amen. <laughs> you know, bad feelings between brothers and sisters, they hinder your worship. That's what he's saying here in this scripture, amen. That's what he's saying in Matthew chapter 5, verse 23, amen. That's what he's communicating, amen. Amen. Bad feelings, amen, hinder worship. And worship is not only a time to sing songs, amen, but it's a time for a person to examine his heart and his life to see if there's any wicked thing in him, amen. And there's people in the church who think that their worship is acceptable when they have, still have bad feelings between themselves and others, amen. And they try to pray with anger in their heart, amen. And they say, I love God, while at the same time they dislike somebody in the church. I'm here to tell you right now, amen, that your worship is hindered. You know, there's two things that can cause relationships to go unrepaired, amen, and that is fear and that is busyness. Now, I want to speak to you for just a moment, amen, about a story that y'all are familiar with out of Genesis chapter 32, if you'll put it up there, starting in verse 1. I want to talk to you for just a moment, saints, amen, about Jacob and Esau. Jacob and Esau. And I'm going to give you just a little bit of background before we get into this text this morning. 
Jacob and Esau, they were twin sons of Isaac and Rebekah. Most of you know this story. Some of you have even preached it. But I want to look at it from this angle of reconciliation for a moment. So they were twin sons of Isaac and Rebekah. Esau was the oldest. Amen. And was set up to inherit the spiritual and physical inheritance through his birthright. And then one day Esau came in from hunting and he asked Jacob for something to eat. And Jacob said, I'm not going to feed you unless you give me your birthright. Y'all are familiar with this story. And Esau took him up on the offer. Amen. And this was a horrific and tragic mistake. Amen. Because he gave up so little for, he gave up so much for so little. Amen. For a quick fix. Somebody say a quick fix. And so Esau literally, for a quick fix, sold his whole family and destiny out from the plan and purpose of God. Amen. And so if you can imagine, Esau, once he figured out what had happened, he gets pretty mad at Jacob. And so Jacob, amen, flees from his father's house. He flees for almost 20 years. And now here we are, time has passed, 20 years has passed, and now Jacob has to return home. And he doesn't know how Esau is going to take him. Amen. So here we are, he was afraid, amen. He was concerned. And so I want us to look right here for just a moment. Starting in Genesis 32, in verse 1. He says, now as Jacob went on his way, the angels of God met with him. Jacob said, when he saw them, this is God's camp. So he named the place Mahanam. And then Jacob sent messengers before him to his brother Esau in the land of Syrie, the country of Edom. He also commanded them, saying, Thus you shall say to my lord Esau, Thus says your servant Jacob, I have sojourned with Laban and stayed until now. I have oxen and donkeys and flocks and male and female servants, and I have sent them to tell my lord that I may find favor in your sight. The messenger returned to Jacob, saying, we came to your brother Esau, and furthermore, he is coming to meet you, and 400 men are with him. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, and he divided the people who were with him and the flocks and the herds and the camels into two companies. For he said, if Esau comes to the one company and attacks it, then the company which is left will escape. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, O Lord who said to me, return to your country and to your relatives and I will prosper you. I am unworthy of all the loving kindness and all of the faithfulness which you have shown to your servant. For with my staff only I crossed this Jordan and now I have become two companies. Deliver me, I pray. From the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him that he will come and attack me and the mothers with the children. For you said, I sh will surely prosper you and make you descendants as the sand of the sea, which is too great to be numbered. So he spent the night there and he selected from what he had with him a present for his brother Esau. 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 200 oos, and 20 rams. 30 milking camels and their colts, 40 cows and then bulls, and 20 female donkeys and 10 donkeys. Now, I'm 10 male donkeys. I'm going to stop right there for just a moment. Can I get an amen? amen? So here we are. We look at this situation. 20 years later, he's got to reconnect and reconcile with his brother. Who he had schemed 
who he had stolen from, through he had manipulated, amen, in order to get what he wanted. Now, I want you to look at this for just a moment, amen, because even in spite of what Jacob's motive was for reconciling, amen, and sometimes our motive for reconciling is not always because we want to, but because we have to. Somebody say, we have to. This was the situation. Now, if you're married, you better find a way to reconcile. Hello, somebody. Are you with me today? If you're divorced, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Next time, get it right. Amen. Hopefully, you weren't saved when you got divorced. Are you all with me today? I know that's kind of quiet, touchy. If you messed up the first time, get it right the second time. Amen. If you're on the fifth time, well, thank you, Jesus. Get it right now. Amen. God is good. Amen. You know, one thing I want us to look at is here. Jacob was fearful of what would take place. Sometimes when it comes to reconciling, sometimes we're fearful of what might happen. The Bible says Jacob also went on his way and the angels of God met him when Jacob saw them. And he said, this is the camp of God. Now, I want you to look at two things. Number one, Jacob was fearful. But when he began to make that step and he began to send those messengers, amen, to go to Esau. How many of y'all know sometimes when you step out, number one, God's going to help you with your fears. Number two, when you begin to step out into that reconciliation, God's going to begin to show up. Can I get an amen? Sometimes we've got to make that first step. Sometimes we've got to be the one that, amen, begins to do that, amen. See, this was an encouraging beginning to what Jacob dreaded to face, amen. It was when Jacob was on his way, amen, moving towards reconciliation with Esau that God's host came to meet him. Sometimes when you step out in faith, amen, and you're going to begin to make the move for reconciling, that's when the angels of the Lord are going to come, amen, and minister to you. Come on, can I get an amen, somebody? The Bible says, I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So sometimes you don't want to wait for the courage to begin to reconcile with another, for God will meet you as you go on your way. Sometimes you got to take the initiative. And we read that. We read that Jacob took the initiative for reconciliation. Amen. Yeah, it may have been because he had to go back home and he had to face him. But so what? Amen. Even God will work within that. And so we read that he took the initiative to reach out to Esau for, amen, for he sent messengers ahead of him. He sent messengers to his brother. Amen. And yeah, he probably took the initiative because he was afraid. Amen. Of what Esau might do to him. Amen. If he didn't reach out to him. Hello. Have y'all ever been in a situation where, you know, you're just dreading seeing this person? I can't. I don't want to see them. Well, maybe you need to reach out to them, amen, and kill all the weirdness. And let the Holy Spirit come in. The angels come in. Hello. Maybe, or maybe you just want to stay in all that weird feeling and weirdness all your life. I don't know. I don't know about you. I don't like weirdness. Amen. Yeah, weird. When we, if we're, if everybody's feeling all weird and looking all weird and thinking all weird. <laughs> Hello. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know what I'm saying. Yeah. It ain't got to be all weird like that. 
Are y'all with me today? He took the initiative, amen. He went out of his way to reach out to Esau, amen. And when we take the initiative and seek the reconciliation, God often moves the other person as well. He's at work in both of you, amen. In other words, don't wait for the other person to take the initiative, amen. God may move them as you start the process. You know, another thing, go to verse 9 real quick. Now, given you, amen, Jacob was scared. Esau was coming with 400 men. Here he is, the guy that he messed over. And he's got to go meet up with them. And he's showing up with 400 soldiers. And you know he was afraid because he started making a plan. He started saying, okay, we've got to split up into two groups. Amen. That way he doesn't devour our whole flock here. Amen. That way he don't take us all out. Amen. Y'all are going to go this way and y'all are going to go that way. And then, amen, that way he, if he attacks one, at least the other one can get away. Amen. Are y'all with me today? So he was fearful. Sometimes we're fearful of what's going to happen. Amen. Are they going to attack us? If we come to them humbly and we, you know, are they going to attack us? You know, and sometimes that is what might happen. Amen. You know, and when, when he finds out he's coming with these 400 soldiers, he assumes the worst and he, and he makes these plans. Amen. To deal with it. But let's look at right here in verse 9. This is the blessing. Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, O Lord, who said to me, return to your country and to your relatives and I will prosper you. Next verse. I am unworthy of all the loving kindness and of all the faithfulness which you have shown to your servant. For with my staff only I crossed this Jordan and now I have become two companies. Now I want you to look right here, amen. What was produced out of this. As he was beginning to move towards being reconciled, it created him to get on his knees and cry out to God. It created him to have to seek God and ask God. And then he began to speak the word of God that God had promised him right there in verse 9. If you'll put it back up there. Amen. He begins to speak the promises of God. He begins to speak the blessing of God. Amen. He says, oh Lord, who have me to return to your country. God was the one that was sending them back. Amen. And to your relatives and I will prosper you. Amen. This was the motivation that he had right here. Hello, somebody. But sometimes when we begin to reconcile this process things seem to get even worse hello somebody has anybody ever had that happen before amen it seems like it's worse I didn't get the response that I wanted and of course he was thinking he was assuming the worst too but it's good sometimes if that drives you to get on your knees and to pray to God and to rely on God and to seek God's face that's okay sometimes amen And he begins to confess his great need. He says, I'm unworthy. I'm, un I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. And he cries out for God's help. He says, save me. Amen. So I want you to know, amen, if things get worse as you're trying to move towards the reconciliation problems, just remember that God might be using that to drive you to your knees in prayer. And as you attempt to move forward in this process, remember that sometimes going backwards is the best way to go forward. Sometimes you got to go back on your knees before you can stand up and walk. Verse 13. So he spent the night there and he selected from what he had with him a present for his brother Esau. Next verse. 200 female goats, 20 male goats. So he had this gift. He was ready to make restitution. Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. 
He was ready to reconcile. Look at verse 22. I'm almost done there. Now he arose the same night and took his two wives and his two maids and his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. And he took them and sent them across the stream and he sent across whatever he had. Then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he touched the socket of his thigh. So the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated while he wrestled him. And then he said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Next verse. And he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and men, with men, and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him and saying, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you're asking my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob's name, that place, Penal, for he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been preserved. And now the sun rose upon him just as he crossed over Penuel, and he was limping on his thigh. And therefore, to this day, the sons of Israel do not eat the sinew of the hip, which is on the socket of the thigh, because he touched the socket of Jacob's thigh in the sinew of help. I'm going to stop right there for just a moment. Amen. One thing I can want you to know is you can expect God to change you as you make this step. You can expect God to change your heart concerning these people when you make this step towards reconciliation. Are y'all with me today? He could expect God to change him. Amen. Go to chapter 33 real quick. Verse 3. Are y'all getting anything out of this? But he himself passed on ahead of them and bowed down to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. Then Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept. And he lifted his eyes and saw the woman and the children. He said, who are these with you? And he said, the children whom God has graciously given your servant. Now look right here. Amen. Jacob, number one, amen, he had to die to self. Amen. Number two, he got down on his knees. Amen. He bowed down to the ground seven times as he approached his brother. In other words, he operated in humility as he approached him. Are y'all with me today? Somebody say, God is good. He had to die to himself. Amen. It's impossible to reconcile to another if you have not died to your pride. Can I get an Amen. Sometimes that pride is killing you. Amen. Are y'all with me today? You've got to humble yourself before the Lord. And he will lift you up. He will see you through. Can I get an amen? You got to eat some humble pie and die to your sinful pride. Some of us are too proud. We have too much pride and it's hindering us, hindering us from being able to reconcile relationships, amen. And it's creating a dysfunctional family. Some of us are too fearful. Some of us are too busy. But some of us are too prideful. Jacob is the very one, amen. <laughs> mm. God is good, Amen. But we look here, God showed up, didn't he? Verse 4. Verse 4. Then Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. 
Look at that. Look at the response he got. He thought this guy was going to come kill him with his 400, his 400 men. But he moved towards reconciliation with his brother. He took, amen, the road of humility. And yeah, it may have been motivated because he had to go back home. He had to, he knew he was going to see him. Amen. But when he took those steps, who cares what was his motivation? Hello, somebody. Amen. Because God showed up. God made a way. God changed his heart. And God's grace triumphed to where when he came to his brother, amen, he got the response, which is much like when we see in the book of Luke in chapter 15, where the father saw his son coming from far off, amen, he had squandered his living, and guess what? The father runs to him and embraces him and gives him a robe, amen, of righteousness, Kills the fatty calf, and they have a Holy Ghost party. Can I get an amen? amen? And God showed up. And I know that it's going to be fearful. Can I get the worship team to come forward? I know you, some of you are going to have to take the first step. Some of you got relationships that have been going on 10, 20, 30 years, man. Messed up. And you're afraid, you're fearful. You know, it happens to me a lot of times. A lot of times people don't want to, they don't, they don't want to reconcile a relationship until they realize that they might have to come back to the house of God. You hear me? I might actually, you know, I'm, until they get strung out on drugs again. You know, by the grace of God, that'll never happen. But I'm just saying, you know, until they get in a point where they, they're going to have to face you and they need you. Well, number one, you never know when you're going to need somebody. <laughs> Can I get an amen? amen? You never know when God's going to have to bring you back. God told Jacob, the only way that I'm going to prosper you is if you'll go back, amen, to the place, amen, where your relatives are. And when you do go back there, amen, then I'm going to prosper you. Hello, somebody. Are y'all with me today? And he's like, oh my God, but look what, I did a whole mess, man. Are y'all following me today? I put y'all to sleep. Somebody's getting this. You know, we're going to be taking up the Lord's Supper. You want to make sure you're taking it of it in the right way. You got to make a decision to forgive. Amen. You got to make a decision to forgive. And sometimes you got to be the one to make the move. Amen. Towards that reconciliation. You know, focusing on the kingdom is the reason for forgiveness. It's about the kingdom. It's about your heavenly father. Amen. You know, forgiveness, that don't necessarily mean that you return to an abusive or evil relationship. You know what I'm saying? Forgiveness means that we focus on Jesus, not on the person or the persons who have hurt us. And forgiveness is what we do to clean out our hearts so that Jesus can occupy his rightful place 
in our lives. And forgiveness brings freedom and it brings healing. Amen. A lot of people don't realize that they're the bondage that they're in with unforgiveness and they're in prison to unforgiveness. Amen. And wounds are not healed. Amen. Wounds are not healed because they keep picking at the wounds. In other words, they're not focusing on the healer, but they're focusing on the hurt. Can I get an amen? See, I focus on the healer, not on the hurt. I'm not picking my wounds. I'm not licking my wounds. Amen. But I'm looking to Jesus. Amen. The healer, Jehovah Rapha, the one that will move in that situation, the one that will move in my heart, the one that will bring healing that's lasting, that will bring forgiveness. Amen. Are y'all with me today? God is good. I want to share with you three aspects of relationships real quick. There's biblical fellowship. Amen. The Bible says don't forsake the assembly. Don't neglect. Amen. Are y'all with me? There's biblical fellowship. There's kingdom partners. Kingdom partners are relationships that are established by working together in the kingdom of God. You might not choose a kingdom partner. Hello, somebody. Amen. Kingdom partners are people that work together for the kingdom of God. For the purpose of the kingdom. Our job, amen, not only for this church, but for other churches is to work together for the kingdom of God. This might not be somebody that's your best friend. Hello, somebody. But you've got a common purpose. God is going to partner people together with people who have gifts and tools and commitments that's needed for the building of his kingdom. Can I get an amen? For the building of his kingdom. These are called fellow workers, laborers, kinsmen, companions, helpers, beloved, servant. Amen. Are y'all with me today? Fellow laborers in Christ. And even in this relationship, there has to be love and there has to be trust. If you don't have love and you don't have trust, you don't have nothing. But it's about the kingdom, saints. It's about souls being saved. It's not about us anymore. It's about us dying to self. Amen. And now it's Christ that lives in me. My hope of glory. Amen. In order to see the world impacted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. know you had Paul and Barnabas you had Paul and Silas you had Paul and Aquila and Priscilla Paul and Timothy Paul and Philemon Jonathan and David these people had a common commitment and they were working towards a common goal we need some people that are committed for the common goal and then you have covenant relationships covenant relationships 1 Samuel chapter 18 verse 1 put that up there real quick covenant relationships are when God joins people together with a commitment that grows into deep lasting godly friendships this is your inner circle your inner circle you have an inner circle you have an outer circle. These are people that you can trust with your life. Put the scripture up there, son. First Samuel 18. Now it came about when he had finished speaking to Saul that the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as himself. Saul took him that day and did not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David. And with his armor, including his sword and his bow and his belt. Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. David made, Jonathan made covenant with David. And Jonathan was willing to lay his life down for David. 
Are y'all with me today? We need to be in covenant relationship. I pray that God knits your heart together with the, with the leaders and the people here where you have a love for them, where you'll lay down your life for them, where you'll protect them. Come on, stand to your feet.